Hello there, warrior. Hope you're doing awesome today. I was thinking about the one and only you. So the other day I was out for my daughter-in-law's birthday dinner and her niece was there. And I always have a really fun time with Blair. She's this really great kid. She's eight years old. And we were talking about being different. And I was telling her it's so good to be different because really isn't everyone different? And she even made that point at eight years old. And I said, everybody's different, right? You're different from the next person. They're different from the next person. Everyone is different. Yet for some reason, we kind of all want to be the same. We want to emulate people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with finding someone who has really high integrity, who's had great accomplishments, who's a person of faith, whatever it is that you admire in someone and saying, I'd like to be like them in this way. But to try to actually look like somebody, you know, there have been people who have gotten plastic surgery to the point of ridiculousness so that they could look like some, I don't really like this word, but celebrity and really why would you do that? How have we gotten to that point? I remember when I was growing up, I didn't want to be like me. I didn't grow up in one of those homes where you were told how wonderful you were and how magnificent it was to be different. And, and lots of us didn't. Probably most of us didn't. I had a young mother, you know, and a father who was pretty much missing. So I didn't get that. Now, even if I had, I may have still felt this way because kids get a little awkward at certain ages, right? We start to really look around and go, oh, well, that person seems cooler than me. That person's prettier. That person's skinnier, whatever it is. So here I was, a red-headed, freckle-faced girl. And I remember in my first elementary, I say first because I went to three different elementary schools, but in my first one, there was only one other redhead in the school. It was this boy. And he and I would compete to read the fastest, to get our math done the quickest. I don't know what it was. Somehow, you know, it's kind of like when you're, you connect with someone, because I actually did an episode on this recently, how we connect with people who have a similar car or a sports team. I guess the redheads, we had to stick together. So, but anyway, so here I am with this red hair. And by the way, my red hair ended up being something that I really like about myself, but it wasn't like that when I was little. It was kind of dry and, and uh, my mom didn't have money for nice haircuts, so it was not looking good. And then, of course, kids tease you and call you Carrot Top. And, you know, I'm just quick enough and a smart A enough to, to go, really? Because carrots have green tops. But anyway, still, I didn't like that hair. And then my mom would say, oh, your hair is just awful. You know, and she would do VO5 treatments on them, this oil, greasy stuff she would put on my hair to try to get my hair not to be so dry. And so I kind of grew up feeling like, like my hair was this thing that stuck out and that I didn't like. In fact, I used to say all the time when I was little, I'm going to dye my hair brown when I grow up. I don't want this hair because most people had brown hair, even though it seems like most people are blonde now, but that's because people dye their hair so much. Back then, people didn't <clears throat> as much. And so, especially kids, obviously, kids, all everybody had pretty much brown hair. And so I wanted to be like them. And on top of that, my mom named me Valerie. Until I was in, I think, junior high school, I never knew another Valerie. My friends were Kathy, Julie, Patty, you know, like what I consider normal names. And then on top of that, I was left-handed. So I'm actually kind of left-handed. 
because I write with my left hand, I golf right-handed, I play softball right-handed, I put makeup on with both my hands, I write with my left hand and calculate with my right hand. Did I say write with my right hand? I write with my left hand and calculate with my right hand. So I'm kind of not totally ambidextrous, but anyway, I was the one who wrote with my left hand and always had ink on my hand, you know? And so I just felt so different. I was that red-haired, freckly, sort of left-handed Valerie. I didn't want to be different. I wanted to be like everybody else. Have you ever felt like how you are, who you are is just not right? You know, like God must have messed up. Maybe he took a vacation that day. Maybe he had a new manager, you know, when you were going through the assembly line. I think we've all felt that way at one time. But you know what? When we try to be like everybody else, we only serve to discount what makes us unique. There is only one you. There are almost 8 billion people on the planet right now. Billion with a B. And there's not one carbon copy of you. If you're a twin, still. I don't care if you're an identical twin. There's nobody exactly like you with the same DNA and experiences. The same viewpoints and outlooks. There's nobody. That's it. You. And there's nobody that ever has been or will be. So the 8 billion is times multiples. I mean, it's really cool. Listen, there will always be someone taller, skinnier, more prosperous, funnier, more athletic, better looking, more successful, and on and on and on. So what? You are the way you are for a reason. And you have to, you have something to offer the world that nobody else, nobody else can. So you should just do you to the best of your abilities. In my Nine Weapons of Hope, in the Weapon on Legacy, I created this diagram. Well, it's actually not a diagram. An image of the world and then in puzzle pieces and then a piece missing. And it really just represents the fact that the world will go on without each of us if we decide not to be our best, not to really make something of ourselves. And I'm not saying that you have to go out and and, you know, change the world in some grand way or, you know, start a business or be successful monetarily. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing you to the best of your abilities because you're impacting other people every single day. Your legacy is being created, whether or not you're thinking about it, my friend, it is game on. But anyway, so that diagram, that image, that graphic, it just reminds us that, yeah, okay, the world will go on without our piece of the puzzle, but why should it have to? It's that missing piece that not one other person can fill because there's only one puzzle piece just like you. You know, going back to when I didn't want to be called Valerie. In fact, I called myself Val for years and years. I grew up being called Val and I changed myself to my full name, which I didn't like at all, to Valerie because when I was in business and I'd be on the phone and anytime I left my name, they would say Cal, Hal, Sal. I mean, it was like every other name but Val. So then I said Valerie. And other than being called Mallory on occasion, that seems to work better. So 
here's what's funny though about that name. <laughs> I had a friend growing up who was from Norway and nothing about her family was like everyone else. Nothing. Their house looked different. You know, it was that Scandinavian look. They had such blonde hair and very, very light skin. I was so fascinated by her family. And guess what her name was? Winky. Yep, you got it right. Her name was Winky. And I wanted to be like Winky. <laughs> I didn't want to be like the redheaded Valerie. I wanted to be like Winky. Isn't that funny how on the outside looking in, it seems like it would be wonderful to be different. We love it. We're fascinated by it. But we don't want to be the different person. Now, I love having red hair. And I love my name. In fact, I read that blue-eyed redheads are the rarest combination on the planet. And only 10% of the population is left-handed. I like being rare and different. And so should you. Comparison is the thief of joy. Another one of my nine weapons of hope is about focus. Comparison is a killer. But that's what we do. We're so concerned about being so-called normal, which there is no such thing because we're all so different and rare and unique. We get into our troubles and we look at other people's lives and they just seem so wonderful, but we don't know what's below the surface, below the tip of that iceberg. It is time for you to embrace the one and only you and stop worrying so much about what other people think. I get it because esteem can come under attack from so many different directions. And this kind of stuff gets instilled in us at a young age. And then we've got to try to, to throw it off as adults, but we must. I mean, kids can be hurtful to each other with teasing or worse. Often teachers or coaches say something that stings and it sticks. Parents can unknowingly or knowingly damage our self-esteem. Bosses and coworkers can beat down your value, even spouses, even friends. But don't be fooled into thinking that you're supposed to carry around shame and guilt or wear your obstacles like a badge of honor. That's the beast's attempt at tearing you down, at making sure that you don't take that uniqueness and do something with it. It's called self-worth. Other people don't get to decide your value. Number one, God decides your value, and he says you're a masterpiece. He did not say you're perfect, but you are God's in God's image. So, whoa, take that one in for a minute. You should place a very high value on yourself, no matter your hair color, no matter your skin color, no matter your economic status, no matter what your family is like, no matter what your childhood, no matter your hair color, no matter your name. Everything you've been through can serve to build your value. If you'll just start grabbing a hold of it, changing your perspective, just flipping the script on some of the things that you have taken in and started to believe, some of those lies of the beast. You have gifts, my friends. You have lots of them. 
If life has beaten you down, you may have a hard time acknowledging them. That's one of the exercises I do in one of my nine weapons of hope is actually to have you sit down and write down all of the amazing things that you have done well. I didn't say perfectly because that doesn't exist. All the things you've done well. We have another exercise where you stand in front of the mirror and you literally talk to that beautiful soul looking back at you. And it seems kind of, you know, uncomfortable and maybe even silly at first, but it's very powerful. Another thing is to ask for a compliment. Whoa, that's a whole nother thing. But we, we do that as one of our exercises in the Nine Weapons of Hope. And it's so that you can, we have to do it because we can't just wait for one, right? If we just wait for one, we're going to lose the, the effect of the exercise. So we go and we ask for one. And then you're only allowed to say thank you because you're going to go to someone who you trust and believe. So why would you not believe them when they say something wonderful? The problem is that some times, not only do you have a hard time acknowledging your strengths and your abilities, your wisdom, your character, sometimes they're just locked away. They're deep within your memory bank. And so we do some exercises to help you bring those memories out. I know, my friend, that sometimes you wish that your story wasn't really yours, but it is. It's a hundred percent your story, warts and all. So the messiness of your story might have you wishing that someone else would just step up and claim your story. I've, I've felt that way many times before. But nobody's going to do that. This is your story. And life gets better when we get better. When we learn some of these strategies, when we start to look at our lives differently, when we start to recognize and own our stories, get excited about your life. Stop feeling insignificant. It reminds me of that Bob Seger song, I Feel Like a Number. Do you remember that song? To, it, it, so here's some of the lyrics. To workers, I'm just another drone. To Ma Bell, I'm just another phone. I'm just another statistic on a sheet. To teachers, I'm just another child. To the IRS, another file. I'm just another consensus on the street. No, you're not. What a downer of a song. I love Bob Seger. Stop feeling insignificant. You are anything but insignificant. You are the one and only you. Let's stay connected. Be sure to connect with me at ValerieSilvera.com. You can you know, sign up to be a Warriors in Hope. And we are going to bring so much in an app that we're going to have and some programs that I hope that you will take a leap of faith on with me and work with me on because that's my whole mission. I mean, I could just go do something else, but it is my mission to help people who've been in places like I have to get somewhere else. So the world doesn't miss out on your puzzle piece, on the one and only you. <laughs>